Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to episode 380. This is Daniel Meisler, and happy Conflu Week. I got sick again from RSA. The swag at these cons continues to decline. Still shipped a newsletter, though, and that is uh, this show here that you're listening to. And apologies in advance for the voice. But uh, here's hoping you have a better week than I do. All right, so I wrote a post called Pre and Post LLM Software which is basically saying if you're not doing LLM-based software and you're in the software industry, you need to transition or get replaced. I also appeared on the Arsenic show, which uh, was fantastic. So I went out to Austin and did it. It was super high production, just like being uh, basically on like Lex's show. Three hours long, uh, Robert and I talked. And it was uh, super fun. Definitely check that out. And also did a podcast live with Philip Wiley, Jason Haddix, and Ben Sajapur, and that was a lot of fun. That was on the RSA floor in uh, the side building. I think it's called Moscone West. But yeah, that was a lot of fun, uh, good conversation. I think maybe that went like an hour, and we talked about content creation and getting into the industry and stuff like that. All right, jumping into security news, Palantir AI. So those are scary words to put together. Peter Thiel just announced the Palantir Artificial Intelligence Platform that uses LLMs to do things like fight a war. The demo shows a chatbot that does recon, generates attack plans, and organizes communications jamming. I'm not sure people realize that Langchain agents can execute actions just like whatever you want them to do based on a set of tools that you provide. And those tools can include any APIs, APIs like slash find target or slash launch missile. So I think we're a lot closer to automated war and terror than people think we are. And Palantir is not helping with this type of tooling. Apple has created a new way to issue security patches out of band from large software updates. They're called rapid security response patches, and they're much smaller than normal updates. The first one was attempted a couple of days ago, and it had some trouble rolling out. And you can check and see if they're available for you the same way that you check for any software updates, so you go to general software update. And you also want to make sure under automatic updates that you have security responses and system files turned on. And once you do that, you'll see an update pop up and you just install it like a normal update, only it'll be a lot faster. LLM mind reading. So researchers at University of Texas, Austin, successfully extracted actual text interpretations from fMRI data. So in other words, they had someone consume media that had dialogue in it, and they read their brain activity, and they reversed that back into the text. It wasn't perfect, but it was quite good. And there's some examples here. Um, for, and this is a New York Times article, and they got multiple examples. It, it kept the meaning of it. It wasn't exactly perfect, but oh my goodness. I mean, I can't believe we're this close already. And then you've got like how much better is it going to be once you have like a filament inside the brain, you know, like a Neuralink. Maybe that'll be better. Maybe it'll be worse. But at this point, are we waiting for like an Apple helmet instead of an Apple glasses? I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm really worried about it being used in negative ways, right? Interrogation, uh, mind reading, extracting sec- secrets, like, yeah, 
lots of bad ways this this can be used but lots of really cool ways as well like overcoming uh disabilities that's going to be fantastic gaming all sorts of stuff samsung is preparing to ban generative ai tools due to a leak incident in april this will include non-corporate devices on the internal network as well as any site using similar technology so it's not just open ai stuff they're basically blocking all that stuff are cyber threats negatively impacting your business? Unleash powerful fraud protection for your online properties with HCAPTCHA Enterprise, the leading security ML platform. HCAPTCHA adopts to detect and block even the most sophisticated attacks, keeping you ahead of evolving threats. Whether your bad actors are human or automated, HCAPTCHA Private Learning is the solution. Easily combine your pre-blinded data with HCAPTCHA's thousands of signals to rapidly find fraud and abuse in real time. HCAPTCHA's privacy-focused design works in every country, giving you worry-free compliance. Visit www.hcaptcha.com ul to get started with a complimentary pilot today. That's hcaptcha.com ul. If you run VMware Fusion or Workstation, you need to patch. There are multiple vulnerabilities, and one of them allows attackers to run arbitrary code. And this is a 9.3 on the Richter scale. Zyxcel firewalls are vulnerable to RCE. Patch them immediately. This is a 9.8. Google just launched Cloud Security AI Workbench for Cybersecurity. I feel like that could use more names inside of the name. And it uses a custom model called SecPalm. It includes AI-powered tools like Mandiant's Threat Intelligence, and VirusTotal and Chronicle will be using this model as well pretty soon. The Prosimo project is rewriting sudo and su in Rust to make them safer. They're currently written in C, which is nightmare fuel. Palo Alto is installing 20 new cameras to track license plates. This is the city of Palo Alto, by the way. They're hoping it'll stop smash and grab incidents, catalytic converter thefts, and various other property crimes. This is part of the trend of Bay Area red and green zones, which I've been talking about for like 15 years basically tiny Ritz zones in the Bay Area, protecting themselves from the criminal elements in the poorer zones. And the more income inequality grows, the smaller the rich zones actually become and the larger the poor zones become. And it's not a good, not a good trend. It's been increasing for a very long time and it just keeps getting worse. I mean, it's globally though, right? It's just uh, exacerbated and magnified here in the Bay Area. Technology news, Apple seems to be working on an AI-powered health app. Rumors say it'll help you track your workouts, diet, and sleep, and who knows what else. But in my mind, this is just another step towards life OS, which is what I've been predicting for them for years, quietly while I was working there, but um, not that I have any information about this, like insider information or anything. This is just me speculating. But they already own the device, basically. They're pushing into finance. And this is more advancement into health, which they're already in. And I personally can't wait for it and wouldn't trust any other company to do this for me. I would trust Apple to do it because I know what their security looks like. And uh, I know how much they care about uh, privacy and stuff like that. But I can't imagine giving all this stuff to Meta. Right. Or Google. Not even Google. I wouldn't. Because fundamentally, they're an ad company. At least right now. Amazon, maybe. I, I could see maybe Amazon but not the other two. 
And as far as other smaller companies, they just, they're not big enough to pull it off. So it really does come down to the manga companies. Human news. The FDIC took over First Republic to prevent a complete failure. JP Morgan Chase is taking things over. And the messaging is that things will just continue as normal. So don't worry. I'm definitely not an expert on this uh, banking stuff or macroeconomics or any of that, but it sure feels dangerous for only a few banks to be air quotes safe for customers because they're too big to fail. How does a new bank even compete in a market like that? I suppose new laws guaranteeing solvency would help. Like what, what if there was just a strict law? And I know there's some kind of laws around this, but what if there was a very strict law that said you must always be able to pay out at any moment, any amount of money that is requested from you. I don't even know if that's possible. I don't know if that stops banks from being able to function, but it seems like we've been going down this path of like, you just kind of hope your investments will make so much money and you're, you're basing all of your safety on hopes and dreams and assumptions about how the economy will function, which has got us in this really bad situation, right? Because SVB, they had their money invested, right? And they did have the funds, but it's locked away in these very slow moving, basically, basically like glacial speed investments in, in government bonds and stuff. And effectively it was bad risk management. It was bad wealth management. It was bad investments um, because they weren't able to cover withdrawals. So maybe new legislation that makes that uh, more safe will allow other people to enter the market. But I don't like this world where it's like Bank of America and Chase and like one or two other banks and everyone else is screwed. Ideas and analysis. So I heard a theory from a smart guy in AI who I, I can't share his name, but um, he was talking about Eliezer Yudkowsky. And the theory says that Eliezer has always believed his own brain and the brains of other super smart people would be the model for super intelligence. So because the solution actually came out of LLMs instead of like Eliezer's brain, he's super bitter. Again, I'm just, I'm parroting this, uh, this theory. And the theory says, this is what's leading him to say we're all doomed. I don't know if this is right, but I hope there's some truth to it. It'd make me sleep better at least. Unfortunately, even if it is true, it doesn't fully remove all the good points that Eliezer has made about the dangers of AI but it would lower the odds of guaranteed destruction significantly. Cause he's like, yeah, if you're a young person, uh, don't put your happiness in the future. Like he literally almost said those words. Don't put your happiness in the future because there is a very good chance that you won't have one or we won't have one. It was like the very end of the Lex podcast. It's like super bleak and people look at him and realize how smart he is. And it's like, well, damn, he's probably right. Therefore we're probably screwed. Now, one method is just to like ostrich into the dirt and not think about that. Another method is to actually think, could there be a reason he's going down this path? And that's what this theory is saying. There's a reason he's going down this path. He's basically, this is the Eliezer bitterness theory that says, uh, he's bitter because it didn't come out of his own brain and it didn't come out of humans. And I did hear him talking about this a lot. He's like, we should have used humans. We should have used the human model. We have much better chances of doing this with a human model. Or he was talking about alignment. He was saying humans are the only ones that are aligned. So therefore we have to use um, human alignment as the basis for 
any artificial intelligence alignment. I actually didn't agree with that when he said it, but, um, anyway, th this is a comforting way to think about things. Doesn't mean, uh, you should believe it just because it's comfortable. In fact, I'm inclined not to believe it just because it's comfortable, but it does push me a little more towards the way so Sam Altman thinks about this, which is basically optimistically. And this is my desired and normal state. This is how I normally think about it. It's like, yeah, we're probably going to be okay. We'll figure it out. We figured out nuclear weapons. We'll figure this one out. I have all sorts of reasons why this is way more dangerous than nuclear weapons. But anyway, I, there are a lot of smart people working on AI safety and, and that does give me hope. And, uh, yeah, this is just another way of, of thinking about the actual level of risk. Cause once somebody has a bias that's, that's pushing them in a direction, in this case, it would be like his ego being the bias. Then, uh, it makes me discount his, his mode of thought a little bit. And that's what's happened here for me. It takes like. I want to say like 40% of the spin off of, um, the, the theory that he threw out there. Right. Cause before it had like 95% spin, it was just like devastating to think about. But if you take this off, it's like, mm, yeah, still really good. Still really worth thinking about like 60%, but not like 95%. Notes. Yeah. I've been sick for the last few days, basically oscillating between Lang chain hacking and sleeping. And uh was still able to get a show out though. Happy about that. Uh discovery. Prompting superpower. Okay, this is super sick. The best way to do advanced prompting is to combine two techniques. One is few shotting, and two is thinking step by step. Few shotting is where you give multiple examples of good answers. And then leave the last one unfinished so it'll know exactly what you want. Telling the AI to think step-by-step step tells AI to break the problem down and solve each piece in a sequence. These are ultra-powerful by themselves, but if you combine them, it gets truly silly. It basically unlocks theory of mind within LLMs, which is where an entity can understand how another entity thinks. And by the way, I've been worried for a while that this is how we're going to wake up the actual AI in terms of giving it consciousness. I feel like theory of mind is like the gateway drug to consciousness. But that's another idea, another post. So there's a chart here that shows you how to do this combination of few shotting and thinking step-by-step. Step. Next one here, shadow clone. Distribute your long-running tasks like recon, OSINT, Vuln scanning, etc., across multiple systems. There's lots of tools that do that, like Axiom is like one of the best ones. And there's all sorts of different implementations of this, right? This one uses Lambda and containers, though, instead of VPSs. So I'm going to migrate all my stuff to this. Figma chain, generate a working website using GPT and Figma. So you do the mockup in Figma and it gives you the actual code to implement it. Next one here, 20 of the top AI companies and Y Combinator's latest batch. So someone picked like 20 really cool uh, AI companies. And there was like a whole bunch. I think they said like 30 to 40% of the companies were AI based. Surprised it wasn't more. Uh, next article here, banana equivalent dose. And this is talking about how bananas have ionized radiation in them. So a good measurement for ionized radiation is the amount you get in a banana. And uh, next one here, last one, using Notion to manage your entire life. 
I'm hearing more and more about this, and I'm wondering if I should switch from Obsidian to Notion. Blasphemy. All right, recommendation of the week. If you have any loved ones in school retraining or they're wondering what they should do in life, make sure they have one thing covered, and that one thing is Python. Or as the smart people like to say, Python. The language doesn't matter that much, but Python is like, really, it's the thing. It really is. It's, I, I learned a little bit of Perl for like 12 minutes, switched to Python. This was, I was in a marketing class in a uh, university and uh, switched to Python. And then I learned Ruby later because I thought Ruby was like a better Python. But anyway, Python is fantastic. It's kind of like the lingua franca right now. And uh, it's definitely the language of AI right now. It used to be R, but now it's Python. And um, this also includes you, not just your loved ones, right? If you don't know Python to some level of competence, I implore you to get that way. Python is the language and Langchain is the framework. So to be competent in the world that's coming, you need to be able to magnify your efficacy using AI. And these are the tools for doing so. Python and Langchain. And I've got links for learning both. And the aphorism for the week, the creative mind plays with the objects it loves. The creative mind plays with the objects it loves. Carl Jung. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.